welcome to the Music Buzz, the podcast where we talk music, pop culture, and current events while we get buzzed. We're your hosts, Justine Avila and Lauren Brumley. What is up, Music Buzzers? It's JLo. We're back with a new episode. Jay, how you doing? I'm here. I'm alive. It's springtime in Nashville. How you doing, Lou? Girl, those allergies are raging. They are raging just like the rest of the world is. They're raging and so are we. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're just going to be talking about some news in the music biz per usual. And Justine, do you want to tell the people what we're drinking today? We are actually drinking a peanut butter and jelly in a beer. Which, if you can or can't believe it, it's from Cataba Brewing out in Asheville, North Carolina. And Jay, you just took a trip. I How did. was your trip? It was great. You need to visit. They have great food, great mountains, and great beer. I'm sold. Um, Say no more. No, but seriously, if you are into peanut butter and jelly, you should check out their signature, I guess, brew which is peanut butter jelly time they have strawberry rhubarb they have strawberry and raspberry i think they have grape Mm. and it's nutty sweet and nostalgic oh what a (laughs) slogan so definitely check it out it's amazing bring your dog to Asheville, do all the things and drink good beer as they say visit Asheville. (laughs) um it's actually a really good beer i was like very curious as to what this would taste like, but it's like very fruity on the front end. And then you get that peanut butter on the back end and it's a treat. It's a delight. It's a true treat. Yeah. Um, definitely. We'll be drinking more of that. It's something unique. Like I feel like we're always drinking like a citrusy IPA. It's like, okay, branch out losers. Like this is, this is us doing something different. We don't need another beer that was brewed in a whiskey barrel. Like, come on. Yeah. It's like, it's not that we don't love that, but it's like, it's becoming the new, like, basic B drink, you know? Right. And it's like, if you don't drink it, then you're not in, but it's like, it's just, I equate it to the same as the folks wearing like the Nashville hats. We know you're in Nashville. Yeah. Like we know it. You're here. Yeah. Just, just don't be basic. That's pretty much, (laughs) um, that's pretty much the summary of that. So, so today, just to kind of like go over what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the Demi Lovato documentary, We are going to talk about Ithaca Holdings merging with Hybe. We are going to talk about Bonnaroo coming back, Justin Bieber's new album, award shows, and touring for the rest of 2021. But first, I think we need to do a personal check-in, Lo. I love that. How are you doing? It's been a minute. I'm personally feeling great because I got my vaccines. How are you feeling? Same. I am like one week away from being like fully vaxxed and it feels good. Like I feel hopeful. I am like ready to do fun stuff again. I am too. And I think it's the perfect time because it's spring. So the flowers are blooming and I feel like humanity is blooming. Yeah. And also like this summer and spring, like people are getting vaxxed, feeling more comfortable doing things in like public settings. So like we're going to be raging at the breweries. We're going to be going to the outdoor concerts. We're going to be at the park. Like there's going to be so much activities for us to do. And I'm excited though. I will say on the flip hand, like I already, my schedule for the, for the past couple of weeks has been so busy. Like there's just been something every single day and I'm not emotionally Are you ready? ready. Are you ready to quarantine again? Uh, kind of like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
I'm going to be like, Oh, you know, I actually, um, I did not say that I got the vaccine. That was a trick. They canceled my appointment. Right. I'm still, you know, I might have COVID. I'm going to have to stay inside. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. It's like, now there's no excuses. You have to go out and be social. Yeah. I saw a tweet. It was like, now I have to make good on all those. We should totally hang once things are normal again. <laughs> like things that you've said to people right. the last and it, year. It's a year's worth. Yeah. Which is a lot. It's a lot. But you also, I feel like this past year you like realized which friends you really do want to see. Right. I, I equated it to like a cleansing because yes. you kept in touch with the people that you're close with. And then the ones that you were kind of like periphery friends with that you saw like at social settings, you were like, mm, and you didn't really contact them. Yeah. And I was talking to someone about this earlier today, but it's like, what do you say when you see that person? How's your year been? Haven't like yeah. haven't seen you in a year. What have you been doing? I mean, I think that's the beauty. I mean, we all like have a love hate relationship with social media, I feel like, but that's kind of the beauty of Instagram is you could be like, Oh, saw on your Instagram stories that four months ago, you like did this thing. Like that's what you're doing. You're like referencing something you saw on social media and you're like, I've kind of kept up with you that way. Like, right. Let me, I let me pull up you your once. timeline and see what you were up to. And maybe we can discuss like, how is that trip to yeah. the Rocky mountains? That's the age we're living in now, honestly. <laughs> right. It's like kind of sad, but also it's like kind of nice. Like I kind of know what everyone's been up to because everyone's been like posting everything on the internet because we've had nothing else to do. Right. Right. So, you know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, I call those friends fringe friends, like the friends that like you really only ever hung out with because it was convenient or you Mm -hmm. just happened to Mm -hmm. be in the same places, which there's nothing wrong with those. But it's like, I'm not going to make a severe effort to hang out one on one with you in a pandemic. Right. Because you're a fringe friend yeah. and that's fine. And I'm not going to take that risk. Totally. It's like, I'll I'm risk not it risk- for my, yeah, I'll <laughs> risk it for my close friends. But like, if you're a fringe friend, sorry, sorry yeah. about you. Forget it. Honestly, I feel honored. Like we risked it like pretty early in our I friendship. Mean, we did. We also pandemic. risked it for the music buzz. So guys, yeah, we had a business you. to run. <laughs> <laughs> so we're professional business women. That's exactly right. How have you been? What else is the scoop with you? You had a great trip to Asheville. Had a great trip to Asheville, vaccinated. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat that you are. I feel hopeful about the future, overwhelmed about the calendar. Yeah. And I'm ready to go to a live concert. Amen. Wait, did I tell you I went to a concert? Did we talk about this? What show? I went to see Raylan Baxter at City Winery a couple weeks ago. It It was very good, actually. Um, I someone else had bought tickets and wasn't able to go. And so they just offered the tickets to me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm ready at that point. I had had my vaccine. And so I was like, I think I feel okay about this. Was it, hang on. Was it in the indoor or outdoor portion? Of so the venue? it was indoor. Okay. But normally the room seats a little over 300 people in the way they have it set up right now, it seats about a hundred. So the tables are super spread out as you're walking in. They're still doing questionnaires with people. Like, have you been in contact with people with COVID? Have you had any symptoms? Blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, checking the temperatures. So they're like taking the precautions that you can take. And I felt like it was pretty safe. Like I feel like they did a really good job and it was nice to be at a show. It felt weird though. Like really? Yeah. Like I still was like, I forgot what this feels like. Yeah. And I love Raylan Baxter, like amazing musician, amazing songwriter. You could tell he hadn't played a show in over a year. 
See, and I have been hearing kind of through the grapevine that musicians are very nervous about that because it's going to be their first shows back. So it's almost, it's not like you lose it. It's like riding a bike, right? But yeah. it's still, you like, you're not like on your A game because you haven't been doing it for an entire year and yeah. streaming is not the same thing. Right. And most of, most of these artists have been playing like multiple shows a week every week for years and years, like since they started Mm -hmm. the touring hustle. So it's like you get in the routine of like that being like your constant practice. And when you're not doing it all the time, like you kind of get out of your like headspace and you're like, what, how do I do this again? Like, how do I transition to the next song? Like what are the lyrics to this song? I haven't sang in over a year now. Like it is a little hard. So, and I think it's going to be harder too for the artists who haven't really been doing the live stream thing a lot. Like there are a lot of artists who have like kind of kept up their, their show vibes by like doing regular live streams or whatever. And they've been playing their songs still often. But a lot of these artists that haven't been doing that, which like, I don't blame them. I've not been inspired to play anything for the last year because it's been like exhausting and draining and a, a good break for a lot of these artists who have toured a lot. But those artists are like, I think, having a hard time now jumping back in, which is understandable, but they'll get there. It was still an amazing show. Rayland is so talented. Like He's also pretty funny. He's so funny. Last time I saw him. Very dry. Yeah, it's very dry humor, which I appreciate. Yeah, me too. It was good. So Jay, you said you did watch the Demi Lovato um, YouTube documentary, Dancing with the Devil, right? I did. What did you think about it? So my point of comparison is the Justin Bieber documentary because they were directed and produced by the same person. I was honestly shocked by how honest she was in the documentary. I thought it was going to be a little more of a like a fluff piece because of sure they would talk about her overdose, but also she had a new album coming out. So, you know, it would be a press piece essentially. But I was really impressed, honestly, with the depth and honesty that she went into and also the people that she had interviewed because she could go into that honesty. And and sometimes I think it's like, okay, folks view it as an artist kind of almost exaggerating like what their experience was, but no, she had the doctor there and the assistant and the best friend. And it was like, Oh wow. Like this was very, very serious. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of shocking in that way that, she laid it all out. So I really appreciated it. And I brought up the Justin Bieber documentary because I thought this actually told a story and like had some sort of strategy and synergy to it. So then you understood while you listened to the album, but for the Bieber one, I was just like, this is him like being anxious on camera, not really telling me anything. And that's it. Yeah, I feel like in comparison of the two, I feel like the Bieber one focused a lot more on the creation process of the album and like the the studio and the production of it all. And I feel like Demi's, like you were kind of saying, focus more on her experiences that she pulled from to write these songs. So it wasn't really a lot of like the recording or like the production aspects of the album it was more of like the experience and kind of what led to writing them so then when you're listening to the album you're like oh this this story is exactly 
very clearly from this story that she told in the documentary. Right. And it, it had like a plot line to it where mm-hmm. Bieber's, I felt like, didn't really have a plot. It was just like, oh, I felt really anxious today, but I did this song. And it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I actually, I enjoyed the studio moments from Justin's because I love seeing like Pooh Bear and I love seeing like, you know, the like different cuts of the songs and like kind of how they evolved from the idea to the final product and all that stuff. But I did wish that like Justin was a little more like vulnerable mm-hmm. and Demi was like incredibly vulnerable to the point where I like, I think even her friends and her team were like, Oh, she's saying that. Oh, okay. Like we're actually going there, which is nice because I feel like it makes it a lot easier to connect with an artist when you know, like some of those tough moments that like, it's easy to with somebody like Demi, who's like been in the public eye since she was like a preteen, basically like it's easy to be like, Oh, you've been like rich and like privileged all your life. Like, you can't have gone through anything that hard. And then when, when they're actually like spelling it out, you're like, Oh, even back then she went through like really tough stuff. So. Right. Exactly. Um, it just, it, it made me appreciate her in her music a lot, which I wasn't expecting going into it. I guess I should yeah note that. Totally. I liked hearing from her friends too, especially the ones who were like there on the night when she overdosed. Cause like, I mean, I, of course, you of course think about that when like you hear she was like at, you know, her friend's house or whatever. You're like, oh, I wonder what their experience was of like having to wake up that next morning and be like, wait, what happened? So it was interesting to hear from them and like have them kind of explain their side of things because they, a lot of them were getting attacked by like Demi stands after Demi's overdose being like, how could you let this happen? And they all like were able to explain that they had no idea at all because she was hiding it so well that she was relapsing and doing like hard drugs like they had no idea and I think it was to add to that like her opportunity which she took to say that's what I was doing I was hiding it so well because I am an addict and that's what we do yeah um so I thought like that was nice I think she did it for her creative director or her choreographer yeah I think the choreographer yeah yeah um and it was just interesting to hear from all of them and also super scary because the assistant recounted when she found her and it's like if she was five minutes later then Demi probably would have just died yeah you could tell from that poor girl's face too like she is traumatized by that yeah like you could just see the pain like in her face when she was telling that story I felt so bad for her but it was good that she was able to like tell that story too because I'm sure that's therapeutic to be able to Mm -hmm. get it off her chest because being an assistant for a public figure like that, I mean, you're under a lot of like NDA, like you can't say anything about what's happened. So like, who do you tell about that? Right. You're just like living with that, like insane story. Right. It's a lot of like direct stress and trauma. Yeah, sure. It was also interesting to see Scooter joining the team kind of in the middle. And it's funny because everyone... I say everyone, everyone on Twitter was like, oh, well, how can people hate Scooter? Like, look at how great he was in the Demi documentary. And then like everyone was responding back like he's a producer of the documentary. Of course, he looks good in it. And also, um, I mean, everyone, I think, has a complicated view of Scooter. Like he's obviously a good manager in the 
sense that like he is very successful. He has very successful artists and many very successful artists who have nothing but good things to say about him. But there's obviously another side of people who have like seen, especially I think particularly what's happened with Taylor Swift and her whole situation. And also like he's had several artists like Justin, like Demi who have had like substance abuse issues And so he's been kind of blamed a lot for like, well, how can you just let your artists, how are you not helping them? Like, how are you not guiding them the right direction? Blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff. But the people on Twitter also made a good point that um, I think Taylor even said in one of her speeches, I think they were alluding to, people can be bad and still do good things. And vice versa. People can be good and still do bad things. So like both things can be true. Like he can be shady, i.e. the Taylor situation and also be a good manager for Demi or like be a good person in Demi's career to like help her. Right. They're not like mutually exclusive. And I would also add to that. Every artist is different. So the Taylor situation is obviously super different from like the Demi situation, which I didn't know all the backstory and I don't know if it's true or not because obviously he was telling it, but the fact that he was going to say no to her, that he didn't have the bandwidth and then heard her story and was like, Oh, maybe I should actually take a look at this. Yeah. And I think he probably was the right kind of person to step in for her in that role because obviously he wants success for his artists, but I think, having someone who already is successful, like that your success isn't hinged on Demi. She needed a manager that like could step in and genuinely like look out for the best interest of her without thinking of her as like his number one cash cow. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean it, it almost like eliminates that weird conflict of interest. Yeah. His livelihood depends on her, which it doesn't. Yeah. And that's kind of like Scooter's specialty in terms of like, child stars it's what he does with justin ariana i mean now demi yeah it really is like his specialty in his lane yeah and now that he's dealt with that like for many years with justin especially seeing that like path i'm sure it makes sense that he has like some context of like where ariana's coming from where demi's coming from and all that stuff right what did you think about the whole Part where Demi was talking about being California sober, which basically means you aren't completely sober, that you will partake in like light substances, like you'll drink or maybe smoke marijuana, but in moderation to keep yourself from reaching for the harder things without going fully clean. So I just must have glossed over that. <laughs> I didn't even know like that's what that meant so is she california sober now yeah because in so for any of you who haven't seen this it is a four-part documentary on youtube so they released like the first two episodes together and then like short yeah it's it's pretty short many episodes like 20 Um, minutes and then they released the second two or the last two parts um separately like a couple weeks apart and in the very last piece she's kind of talking about what her life is moving forward. And she said something along the lines of, I can't, I don't do well when I 
fully restrict myself. And that's something she had an issue with, with her eating disorder as well, which she's been like very vocal about. She's like, if I tell myself you can't have this at all, I only want it more. Like it only makes it harder for me. It's almost easier if I say I can have this in moderation. Like I can have this one day a week, or I can have this to this extent to keep myself from like binging it. Same thing with like drugs, you know? And then she has a song on the new album, which just dropped a week ago. Yeah. Like beginning of April. And there's a song called California sober on it. Kind of talking about that. I just thought it was interesting. And then they also had the, um, like a addiction specialist or like a, a rehab, like it was like sober companion or something. The, I guess facility that she went to. Okay. Um, and talked about, I think her like rehab and therapy mm-hmm. when she first came in and like how she progressed. Yeah. And he kind of was talking about, he was like, I don't like recommend this level of treatment. It is not right for everyone, but like we're, you know, she feels like this is what's right for her. So like we're supporting her in that. It like makes me worried, but I hope that works for her. I mean, yeah, I'm, it's interesting because I don't think I've ever heard that, but I'm obviously not a doctor. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's like a slang term, but still like from the few people I know that have gone to rehab for drug and alcohol abuse, it's like an all or nothing. It's not right. It's not like one of those things where they have to do it in moderation. So they don't binge. Like I understand that in a food sense, but I've never heard of it in a like drug and alcohol sense. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like usually in rehab, you have to, you have to like go clean on everything. Like you're not even supposed to have sex. You're not supposed to get a new pet. You're not supposed to do anything that could cause you to like overindulge in something, you know? So it's interesting, but I hope the best for her. I have actually enjoyed a lot of the songs from the album. I think that something that I have a little bit of a hard time with in her music is that particularly this album is that her stories are so specific. Like, I don't know how many people have specifically dealt with marrying someone or like getting engaged to someone who only wanted them for fame and then like breaking off the engagement within a couple months during a pandemic. And there's like a specific song about that. (laughs) It's, it's almost like she was not too honest, but too specific in her song so that they become unrelatable. Yeah. And but I, I don't know which one's better because there's obviously other artists, which we won't go into, that I think reach for the relatable, but it's very clear that they don't live that life. So mm-hmm. it's it becomes unrelatable. Yeah. No, that's true. And there are some that I do like that, like, even if you don't specifically relate to the, like, every lyric, you can relate to the idea. Mm-hmm. So there are some that are a little more approachable, but... Yeah, I just felt like it was like a little, a little specific, but it was interesting that like Julia Michaels and Justin Tranter co-wrote a lot of the songs on the record, which also makes sense because they've co-written a lot with like Selena and Justin Bieber and a lot of those artists kind of like in the same realm. Um, and of course those songs are bangers. So Naturally. love those. They don't yeah. do it any other way. No, they really don't. Speaking of Scooter, he's been in the news lately, not just with Demi, but Big Scooter sold his company. So, which is kind of confusing. So, the way that all of the 
um, the way that all the news outlets kind of rolled this announcement out is that HYBE, like H-Y-B-E, which, which was formerly known as Big Hit Entertainment. Correct. Um, and, well, and it's publicly traded now. So I think oh. that's the stock um, oh, ac- interesting. A- acronym for it. So that's the entertainment uh, company that's the home to BTS, for example. Um, Went public it has, last year, I believe. Okay. It's now merged with Ithaca Holdings, which is Scooter Ron's company. And so basically, Hybe has acquired Ithaca. Correct. So what do we think this means? Like, like dumbing this down. I mean, without being in the room and understanding the deals, but I would take it to mean that Scooter, it's the same kind of deal, but on a higher level as Scooter buying Big Machine. So Big Hit bought Scooter's company, well, Ithaca Holdings, which has SB Projects, his label, everything underneath it. And also that means they now own Big Machine for that matter. Um, And so they're the controlling partner, but Scooter probably has some sort of level of autonomy to run the company the way he wants. So he can still make the deals the way he wants. I think he gets a board seat as part of the deal, but he just made, I'm sure a boatload of money that put him in the big billionaires club. Yeah. So this article from variety that I was reading says that scooter will join the board of hive. Scott Borchetta will remain the CEO of big machine. And basically, I mean, really thinking about it in the grand scope of things like hybe, if that's even how you say it, um, is obviously like more global. So I feel like that's just going to like expand, like obviously all of, um, scooters artists under his like management company are huge already. But like, I feel like that's just going to even further expand the reach of those artists globally. And, I would love to see like some more collabs with like BTS I know. and those artists. I mean, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Maybe that means like the big machine roster now can have some like BTS. Collabs. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be crazy. I would love that actually. But I mean, good for him. I think he like, I know there's a lot of mixed reviews about him, but you can't say that he's not a smart business guy. Oh, I mean, he's rolling in the dough. Like he's doing something right. Exactly. He knows how to make a deal. 100%. So um, moral of this story is Scooter Ron is rich. The rich get richer. (laughs) Well, on a side, Scooter became a billionaire, I think. It's not reported, but also Kim Kardashian followed slowly behind that. Shortly. I'm surprised it's just now happening, to be honest. Right. Okay, wait. Just also just side spiraling off of that. Can we just discuss for a moment? Because this is music related. Courtney Kardashian and Casey. No, oh, no, no, no. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. Right. I don't, I saw that and I didn't know if it was real. No, it's real. They're dating and Travis Barker got a Courtney tattoo on his chest. Of course he did. And like all their kids are hanging out with each other and like making TikToks on the beach. Like it's just like the pop culture crossover that my heart needed. To be I, honest, I thought you were going to refer to Casey and Courtney hanging out. And I, I did was see like, that. Of course, it's like one giant music ecosystem. Listen, I have to be honest. Like, I don't 
watch the Kardashians. I used to back in the day. I gave up. It was too much for me. I low-key have always loved Courtney. And the fact that she's hanging out with Travis Barker, Casey Musgraves, and Addison Ray, like, sorry, that's the friend group I'm trying to join. The rest of them can like yeah. take a hike. I don't care. Courtney definitely blazed her own path. She was and I like love that for her. Yeah. I I do too. And I feel like she gives zero Fs mm-hmm. and she is who she is and she really doesn't care. Yeah. It is that. weird to see Casey hanging out with her though, like riding their bikes down like the pier. I'm just ready for a Casey like blink 182 stop record. Maybe Addison Ray will collab. be yeah, Addison Ray will be a part of it as well. Wait, did you listen to the Addison Ray song? Yeah, didn't love it. Oh, I do. I think it's a bop. I listened to the new Olivia Rodrigo one, Deja Vu. Loved it. Loved. I wish I didn't love it, but I love yeah. it. I like it. I kind of feel the same. I have kind of the same reaction as I did with driver's license. Like it'll probably grow on me, but I don't understand the level of hype that it's all getting. And it's like, I want to love it. I'm like the opposite of you. I want to love it more because Olivia Rodrigo is adorable. She is so endearing. I love her social media. She's so sweet. She's clearly talented. I've seen like TikToks of her performing in her room. She's like so talented. I'm just not getting the songs. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, she has this, like, I guess one part though in Deja Vu that reminds me of the SNL spoof of her driver's license one where oh, yeah. it's like a big chorus of everyone singing. And I'm like, they're for sure going to do this on SNL. And that's why I love that part of the song. Okay. Well, hopefully they do. I, I just, I guess I need to listen to it more. I liked it. Okay. Speaking of SNL though, also just like going on a riff, um, we should probably start a new segment where I just tell you, um, what the people on Twitter are saying, because I would love that. Cause I have <laughs> no idea what they're saying. I haven't opened Twitter in we'll like call it, a month. Like, I don't know. I'll find a, I'll find a good name, but today, Oh, we'll call it Twitter temperature. Like <laughs> this is the temperature of Twitter today. The temperature of Twitter is that we are loving Bowen Yang from SNL, the Asian guy. Oh, yeah, that's a turn. I know. He kind of was under the radar. I've always thought he was so funny, but he was like new. He was a new cast member maybe two years ago. Okay. Okay. Um, but ha- wasn't in a lot of sketches until probably more recently. But last night, I didn't watch the episode that came on last night. Um, the episode that just came on was with Kid Cudi and I forget who the host was but Bowen Yang came on weekend update as the iceberg from Titanic (laughs) is that real yes and he's like being interviewed and he's like he's like I mean what am I supposed to do they hit me he's like and I said I'm sorry like what even is that (laughs) I love that it's so funny like definitely go check out that clip it's like on all of SNL's socials and everyone's like, he needs like an Oscar for this like two minute span of weekend update. I need update. to watch it because my temperature, Justine's temperature <laughs> update on SNL has not been very hot mm-hmm. because I watched a couple like when they first rolled out this season and like Adele, I forgot. I watched another one as well. And I was like, mm, this like the skits weren't, weren't that great. Yeah, it's been hit or miss this season. There was one episode that I really enjoyed. It might have been the Ray J. John Page episode, the guy from Bridgerton. Um, I 
it might've been that one or like one either before or after that, that I thought was really funny, but most of them have kind of been mm-hmm. like not that good, but everyone was raving about last night's episode. So I guess I need to I watch need to it. Watch it. Yeah. Like whoever the guest was, I like, wasn't that intrigued by, I mean, I like kid Cudi, but whatever kid Cudi also wore for his performance, um, a pink floral dress, which supposedly was a nod to Kurt Cobain who, uh, died 27 years ago this month or whatever. Oh, wow. So it's like, and he obviously died at 27. So it's been 27 years since then. So it was supposedly a nod to that. I don't know if that's true or not, but I need to check out that performance too. So yeah, I do too. Why the pink dress? I guess Kurt wore a dress in an SNL performance or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to do a little Googling to Hmm. see if that's true. Interesting. Okay. I thought that was interesting. Anyways, we just took like a quite a dive but no, we did a detour and now we're, we do. we're getting back on track we're ma- we're just hitting all the pop culture notes that you need to know so also i just wanted to talk about bonnaroo because they announced the lineup and announced that in fact bonnaroo is back and happening in live in right? person in september yeah i mean i feel like the vibe overall has been oh, okay people are starting to get vaccinated like Let's see how shows go. And then they announce Bonnaroo and everyone's like, let's rage. Oh, yeah. That's like the first thing I've seen that everyone's like, yep, getting a ticket. Everything else has been like, I don't know. I had a couple people text me that do not live in Tennessee. And they were like, impulse buy, bought tickets to Bonnaroo. Can't wait. Coming. And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the lineup is very good. It's... um. Very similar to last year's. I think a lot of the artists that were scheduled for last year kind of rolled them over. Yeah. Which makes total sense. Um, Some of the headliners are Foo Fighters, Megan Thee Stallion, Lizzo, Tame Impala, Tyler, the creator, Lana Del Rey, My Morning Jacket, Jason Isbell, Phoebe Bridgers, Young the Giant, Leon Bridges, Dead Mouse. Like it's, it's lit. Yeah. It's going to be super lit. And like even the like super low line artists I'm like amped for. So. And I feel like. Megan Thee Stallion and Lizzo. Like, oh my God. People are going to lose their minds. Dude. And they're, thank God they're on different days. Like Megan's on Friday and Lizzo's on Saturday. Still going to lose their minds. Oh, totally. But honestly, stop. I just had a thought. Like since they'll both be here, I wonder if they would like bring out the other as like a guest. That would be nuts. That would like break the internet. I think. I mean, what if like Megan just brought out like Beyonce for uh, the Savage remix? Oh, stop. Nuts. I don't like I could see it potentially happening. Like, who knows? Like, what else is Beyonce doing? I was right about now? to say, I think Beyonce's calendar is clear. She's like raising her kids like right. she's available for a night. <laughs> yeah, we saw her at the Grammys. She's good. Yeah, her she's hanging fine. out. Yeah, I would love that so much. I just like I can only equate it to seeing Cardi B not last year, but the previous year. And like it was the most lit set of my life. Like Cardi B twerked so hard, her bodysuit ripped in half. Like I remember you texting me that. And I was like, I don't understand this text. Like, what do you mean? And you, you said literally what it says. Yeah. Like straight up. That is like ass cheeks out on the stage. (laughs) And she had to run off stage and came back out in her bathrobe and did the full performance in the bathrobe. She didn't care. And it's just like, if that's my like level that I'm expecting for Lizzo and Megan Thee Stallion, like, I am amped. I have to be there. I'm pumped. I I also want to see Tame Impala as well. Oh, same. Also, I don't know if anyone's been talking about this, but this is like 
my big happiness point for Bonnaroo. Usually Bonnaroo is hot as Mm -hmm. hell, except for like that one weird year we had. Now in September, I feel like there's a chance that you can be like slightly enjoyable in the evening so you're not sweating off yeah. everything granted september in tennessee is still pretty hot but maybe not right quite as hot i don't know we'll see fingers but it, crossed we might have a better a better shot i mean i like you lose so much sweat at bonnaroo like i think i lost like 10 pounds in two days of just sweat well and you can't even get drunk because oh, you, no. you're drinking and then you're just sweating it out so you're like what am i it's like a little cycle here yeah i'm not really doing it you're like i'm basically just like drinking water at this point. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Okay. So we're going to each tell you three non-headlining artists playing Bonnaroo that you should listen to. If you aren't already, I'll go first. You should listen to sweet crude. They are a band from Louisiana that are like very funky. And we saw them open up for tank and the bangers. Oh yeah. They were awesome. It's a duo. Yeah. They were really incredible. And then the weather station which is, I think, just like an individual woman. I forget what duo she was a part of, but she sounds very like old school voice, but like cool music kind of along the same lines as like Wise Blood, maybe like a hint of Lana Del Rey vibes. And then Remy Wolf. Remy Wolf, like one of her songs is like a bop on TikTok and um, it's called Photo ID or something like that. It's a bop. Oh, so great. Heck yeah. Who do you think, Jay? Okay. So one of mine is really based off the fact that I didn't get to see her live, but you may know or may not Len and Stella. Um, I really loved the last record she released. I also love the song watching golf on TV. Uh, so good. It's so good. So definitely check her out. But also I want to see that set. Yes. Another one coming right after that is Orville Peck. Ooh. I have heard that he has an insane set. And people just lose their minds. I think he played at the Basement East before lockdown. And everyone said it was an incredible show. I don't really get it, which is why I want to like go see it. Because he wears the mask and everything. He was wearing the mask before COVID was like a thing. (laughs) He set the trend. He's like country, right? Yeah, he's country, but it's like rockabilly hipster country, if that makes sense. Is it like Sturgill Simpson vibes, we feel like? Mm, Not quite Sturgill, but... It may be in that vein a little bit. Um, And then another one, I'm kind of basing it off of live shows because I want to also see them. But Kim Petras. Yes. Everyone she played, I think, at Cannery Ballroom. Again, this was pre-COVID and people lost their minds, said it was like an insane pop show. So energetic. The whole bit. And her music is very high energy, like electric pop music is how I guess I would categorize it. Um, But again, one of those sets where people or shows that people said was incredible. Yeah. Like if you want to sound cool to your friends, like listen to Kim Petras and like bring her up in conversation, like name check her. Yeah. Your friends will be like who? And you're like, Oh, that's so embarrassing for you that you don't know Kim Petras. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right. And check your part. (laughs) Is it in the middle or on the side? Oh, totally true. Check your jeans. Okay, so love that for us. Bonnaroo is back. Back on the farm. Also, just like following along the alliteration vibes, Bonnaroo is back and Bieber is back with a new record called Justice. But here's my question. 
did Bieber ever leave? Someone brought up this point to me <laughs> because they were like, oh, like I think Scooter posted like Bieber's back. Bieber's been here. Like we had stuck with you for quarantine. Like he started releasing all of these songs. Like Bieber never left. But we haven't had a full album from him in a minute, right? I mean, I've been bumping changes like since yeah. it came out. <laughs> so Bieber never left that my is ear. True. Oh yeah, we did changes did come out in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean like Bieber just I didn't already forgot leave. about it. Yeah. Dude, changes is a bop though. Like it is. And everyone so okay, Lauren, I need to know your thoughts on justice because everyone's like, oh my gosh, justice. And I'm like, really only one song does it for me where the whole changes album all of the songs did it for me listen this might like ruin my street cred but like all of changes did it for me and all of justice did it for me <laughs> like i think i'm a bieber stan so you're a believer i am i mean honestly like <laughs> i always have been truly like i discovered justin bieber on youtube before he even like released his first album so that's where i'm at personally you could have been scooter because he could've. was doing the same thing great that i was like 16 but yeah like could have been me for sure should have been us anyway so justice i think is really good though because changes you and i both like r&b music so like changes fills that vibe which is what justin is best at truly right but justice really reminds me of purpose and purpose is like a no skip album for me and I have such good memories attached to purpose that I was hoping to get another one of those albums from Justin. And I feel like this is it. So I disagree with you because purpose was one of those records for me. I also thought the visuals on all of the videos were incredible for purpose. No skip album, loved it. Thought every song was a bop on this. I just don't feel that way. I feel like he was almost trying too hard on some of them. And this may be an unpopular opinion, but as I was listening to it, I didn't quite understand like the Martin Luther King quotes. And then oh, no, that's like, a very popular opinion. No yeah, one understands. Yeah. And, and he, he's like, Ooh, but like I got a badass B, but then like you hear Martin Luther King come in and you're like, well, what does this have to do with like any sort of like racial justice movement other than like we just had this past year, I, I'm not really getting the correlation. It's like you're in love with your wife, like we get it. And then you're just like interlacing this audio. So he released a statement because a lot of people were like, he was getting a lot of backlash about that. And a lot of people had questions and he released a statement and I was like, oh, I'm so interested to see what he says. <laughs> and he literally just said, well, you know, after like the whole past year and like a lot of tragic events happened in like the black community, like I just wanted to like give a nod to justice, but he's like, I'm like a white guy and I just want to like, you know, I have no place to like sing songs about that because I've never experienced that, but I wanted to like give a nod to that. But then my songs are about like my life and it's like, sweetie, um, <laughs> we, I appreciate that. I appreciate the heart. I appreciate where you were coming from. We didn't need to put that on the album. Right. You could put out a statement you could do an instagram post you could do a youtube video like explaining your yeah, feelings yeah, and yeah. maybe encouraging people to like support some different organizations like we didn't need an interlude from mlk <laughs> on your <laughs> pop record about your wife yeah <laughs> like what? i just didn't quite correlate the two then i was just like it felt like 
this is mm, fake wokeness to me a yeah. little bit. And I was like, I like mm, lay off. Yeah. yeah. Like peaches loved, but again, that's him just doing him. No, totally. I will say he features almost, I think every single feature except for Benny Blanco. I think, I think every single feature is a black uh, artist, which is nice. Yeah. So no. like, you're clearly like, you know, putting some effort forth in that like realm, but it's like, these songs are not, they have nothing to do with MLK. They have nothing to do with justice to be quite honest. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> why did you name it justice? Also like, he looks like he's in pain in a tunnel on a motorcycle for the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Yeah. I will say what's interesting about the album cover is if you look at his album cover and then look at a lot of John Bellion's album covers, they look mm. very similar. And John co-wrote a lot of songs on this record. So I wonder oh. if he had some sort of like influence on like the visual maybe yeah situation. It is funny too, because I talk about this with Julia Michaels a lot where like you listen to a song and like y- three seconds in, you know, Julia Michaels wrote it because her style is, has like such a unique stamp on it. That's the same thing with John Bellion and listening to this record. I immediately was like, John co-wrote this and then like go to the credits. I'm like, yes, like right. that's right. Right. Like he just has such a specific style. And I think that's why I like some of these songs. Cause they really do sound like his songs too, hmm. but I love it. Like, honestly, I'm looking through and like, there's really not a single song that I don't like. Yeah. There's a few where I was just like, I could do without it, but that Dominic Fike song die for you. So good. It is so good, but I credit like Dominique Fike with that. He's like, barely even on it. Yeah, but he probably did the majority of the work. Listen, you're a hater and this album no, is fire. I, I'm a believer too. Are but, you? I mean, I guess not. <laughs> it stops at a certain record. Dude, I think you need I think you need to listen to it more. Maybe I have to sit with it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a summer like it's going to be a moment where in the summer, it's just going to like have it's like surge, you know, because you're going to want these like happy, like feel good songs while you're like out by the pool, while you're going to the lake. Like it is feel good outside music for sure. Yeah. Minus lonely, obviously. Wow. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with it. I will say we were talking about this before we started recording, but like peaches was my immediate favorite. Like, I don't know how to say his name. So like, forgive me, but Giveon or Giveon or I don't know how you say it. it. First of all, his record, his solo record. So insane. It's so good. Oh really? I haven't listened to it, dude. I'm obsessed. It's like R and B dreams. His song heartbreak anniversary. I mean, but Daniel Caesar too is like, I mean, legend. Come on. So good. But that song I like loved initially. That was like my favorite one it's already overplayed for me. And I feel like, I don't know if you can relate to this. I can't think of the last song that came out that I felt like was overplayed. Can you? No, but explain what you mean by overplayed. Like Like, on the radio? Like in life, like in general. Like I feel like a lot of songs, and it might just be because of these pandemic times, but I feel like a lot of songs would like, come out and then it's like you hear them on commercials and you hear it in every single like person's social media and you hear it on the radio and you hear it on tv and you hear it everywhere to the point where like a month after it comes out you're already sick of it i can't remember the last time a song i got sick of a song this fast because it was everywhere that's a that's a fair point even like rain on me even like the doja cat songs like i heard them a lot but like they weren't this 
overplayed, I guess. Yeah, this is everywhere. And I just looked. I mean, it's zooming to the top of his popular songs, at least on Spotify. Oh, yeah. And it's it's still behind the ones that have been already released, which was um, Hold On, Holy, and Lonely. But still, I'm sure it'll zoom past that after yeah. a few months. I think so too. I get the um, I get an email every day that kind of includes like the top streamed Spotify tracks, and it's been like the past couple weeks like Peaches and um, Montero, Call Me by Your Name, Lil Nas X. Like those have, and like those two are like eight billion or like whatever, and then the rest are like four million underneath that. Like it's That's it's so a big crazy. jump between. That's so nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe it's not billion. It might be million, but still, it's a lot, whatever it is. Right. So kind of switching gears a little bit here, Lauren, we have the ACMs coming up in Nashville and I feel like we're hitting award show season, like coming out of it. We're about to hit another award show, go into festival season and back to award shows. But I think it's worth noting that the, we just recently had the Grammys and they had their lowest TV rating to date. Um, which I don't really know why. Yeah. Um, other than folks don't watch TV anymore. Um, yeah. You know, and I Especially think. Especially like in these pandemic times, you would think everyone's watching more TV, but I feel like that's been the case with every like event show that we've talked about mm-hmm. for the past year. It's like, it's always been like the lowest ratings ever. <laughs> and I'm curious if it'll come back because the award shows don't hold the same glamour that they did when you have in person. Cause you don't, you have a different kind of red carpet. Yeah. You have a different kind of audience. Um, for the Grammys, they had like a small like stage on top of Staples center, I believe. And that's kind of what they were doing and running to pre-tape performances. Um, but, you know, it's an it's an interesting time because all of these shows have deals with networks. So when viewership is low, that means ad dollars come in low. And I don't know how long they're going to stick around. Hopefully the ACMs will will kill it here in a week or so in Nashville. Um, are they usually in Nashville or are these the ones that are usually in Vegas? They're usually in Vegas and they are doing, you know, the three venue kind of thing again. Because okay. I think that's the most intriguing uh because they have just performances and all i guess over to Nashville. spread out exactly people yeah exactly um but you know it'll be like i said curious to see what that tune in is because they had such a high tune in i think last year when they did it um it was the first one kind of out of the gate where they were piecing together like a quarantine show so i'm curious to see what they do and also Curious to see what the CMA awards do because they canceled CMA Fest oh, in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but then the awards are usually in November. So we'll see what that looks like. So they canceled the festival for this summer. Okay. Correct. They did, um, which is a huge kind of economic hit to Nashville. It's like a $60 million uh, consumer spending impact to the city that's no longer happening. But I think it was a lot of unknowns and probably still is in terms of gathering all of those folks in a stadium. Right. And a lot of CMA fest too is like the daytime activities that are all down Broadway and like our downtown area is just not that big. So it is Mm -hmm. a lot of people squished in a small area. Granted it is outside like the stadium show as well as the daytime things. But when you're having that many people, it's, it doesn't really matter that it's outside, I guess. Right. Who do you think you're like tuned in in the country music world? Like who do you think is going to like take home big for the ACMs? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to predict. 
I would wager that maybe it's Luke Combs's year to yeah. get Entertainer, even though I think Eric I Church got it last year. But I, I, from a fan perspective, I could see Luke taking it this year. Um, but again, it's just it's been kind of a weird year, and it's kind of crazy to think about that the ACMs are going through their second award show. That's crazy. In a yeah. in a pandemic. Did they postpone last year's awards? They, okay. they did. They postponed Because I was about to say, it. I feel like it was like not that long ago. Mm-hmm. They postponed it and then had it. And now they're doing it again. But it's just, it, it's kind of crazy to, again, when you look at a calendar to think about. But I think it'll be Luke Combs' year. You know? I yeah. mean, he just came off a, big stellar year the year before so it's kind of like but he didn't put out any a new album in the last year right he put out a deluxe album so he didn't put out a new album um you know in 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 the female space i don't know this is the first year acms are having mickey guyton host oh that's right keith urban yeah so i think that'll be great that's cool um yeah i'm curious to see what the performances will look like yeah me too hopefully it'll be a little more exciting to watch because we're a little looser than we were with these awards last year. So there can be more people kind of in person. So hopefully it'll be a little more exciting. I hope so. Yeah. Um, also just speaking of Keith Urban, can we just like briefly touch on the Taylor Swift re-records because I kind of like the Keith Urban song. Yeah. I'm kind of loving it. So first of all, I need to spend more time with it. I'm like an old person so i like like the og recording yeah, of course sure. you know i'm kind of surprised she went with keith but maybe because of the sound i'm not i think i think that she um because this album fearless which is what she just re-recorded and just released her new recordings of the taylor version um because that album was like very still in the country vein, I think she was trying to pull some of like her favorite people in country, like people that she has become friends with. And like she has performed with Keith and Marin at shows. Like she's had them on as guests right, on her tours. And so I think it kind of made sense from that side. Obviously there's a lot more country people that she's kind of like been in tune with. Like she's already done a song with the chicks. She's, you know, written with other people. So this only made sense. I think those were like Marin and Keith were two artists that kind of made sense. And I'm sorry, like Keith is so talented. Like he is someone that I feel like, you know, you could just shoot over a track and be like, yo, could you throw some guitar on this? And like, he would send it back to you same day. Like he would send it back in an hour and be like, is this okay? Totally. (laughs) So I I feel like he was just like a professional, like incredibly talented, big name Mm -hmm. to easily be like, could you jump on this? And his voice, I think, blends pretty well with Taylor's too. Yeah. It sounds good. I mean, it's it's kind of nuts yeah. to think about. I'm actually a little pleasantly surprised by the new like vault songs. I um didn't really love the Marin song, You All Over Me. I loved the song title and I love Marin, so I really had my hopes really high. I just didn't love that one. I'm with you on that. I listened to that one. I have not listened to all of the vaults. Okay. You got to listen to the rest. I was okay. pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Cause I was like, these are hmm. songs she wrote when she was like, I mean like 17 or something. But also genius to just pull them on out. Yeah. Why not? She has so many. Yeah. So I love that she's doing that, but anyway, 
brief interlude for Taylor because we just have to fit Taylor in every single every episode. Every single episode. Yeah, I was about to say. So also we're going... The past couple weeks especially, we've started to see a lot of tour announcements come out. So it seems like live music is like kind of making its comeback. I think it's kind of a slow rollout, but... Well, and everyone seems to be prepping for the fall. It's yes. a lot of hey, we're announcing this because we want to be the first ones out the gate. Mm -hmm. But I think, again, depending on what happens with government restrictions and Live Nation, people are going to be like, we're ready. I mean, Eric Church named his tour Gather Again. Oh, I mean, just tugging at the heartstrings. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the guy was on the cover of Billboard, like getting a vaccine shot in his arm, telling people to get vaccinated. Iconic. so that they can go gather again at his show. Yeah, totally. That's so smart. It's genius. Genius. So kudos to him and his team for that one. Yes. I'm seeing a lot too of like um, tours rescheduled that were like rescheduled to 2021, but then postponed indefinitely being rescheduled for 2022. Like I saw Jacob Collier's tour, who I think his original tour was scheduled for 2020. And then it's been now rescheduled um, to 2022. Those shows are like, happening like you can buy tickets to like an arena wow i think it's an arena it has to be oh no no. oh my god jacob collier is playing at wild horse saloon wait what yes because i was like an inch away from like being like yo do we buy tickets and go to the show but then i saw it was at wild horse and i was like um (laughs) maybe not do i want to go that bad (laughs) also wait is it still at wild horse yeah no, I don't think it was before. I think it is now. So Wild Horse is open on 2nd Ave. Like, they got their repairs done? I guess. I mean... After the Nashville bombing. I mean, for I'm or they're assuming by 2022 they'll be yeah, back in action. that's fair. That's fair. Because it's not to, like, the summer. But it's crazy. But yeah, I think we're going to start seeing, especially, like, these tours that were, like, booked at Live Nation venues who, like none of those shows were refunded to anyone. They weren't Mm -hmm. offered refunds, even though they were like, this show was postponed till who the heck knows when. I think now they're finally starting to like nail those down for like far enough in the future that they can like pacify all these people who have bought tickets to like a full year ago at this point. Right. Who are like, what's going on here? So yikes. (laughs) I'm excited though. I'm excited for shows Especially once it can be done safely, especially, you know, as more people are getting vaccinated and like your potential for spreading or catching this disgusting disease, like we're, we're getting to a good place and I'm excited. Me too. I'm I'm ready ready. for a show. I know. And the Ryman, like the Ryman has like shows scheduled for this year, like for the rest of the year. I mean, there's like full capacity. I don't think it's at full capacity. Um, I'm assuming it's probably a little lighter, but I don't know like what, what it's being sold at, but I just know you can buy tickets to shows in September. (laughs) I'm ready for it. I am too. I'm excited. It's going to be weird getting back to it and being around like larger groups of people. I still feel like even once, even though we're vaccinated, like even once a good percentage of like our city has been vaccinated, it's still just going to feel so weird. It's going to be like a, it's like social re-entry. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to wrap things up with our personal currents. Justine. Woo woo. 
What have you been reading, watching, and listening to? I'm still reading same book. I now take four months on one book. <laughs> so I'm reading Think Again, Adam Grant. He's great. Uh, he wrote Originals. It's just about your mindset and how people think differently and how changing the way you think can alter your judgment. All of those good things. Okay. I was going to tell you after the last time you talked about this, um, my favorite Instagram follow, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Her handle is Sharon says so. And she's like the internet's government teacher. She used to be a government teacher. And now she like just is like an Instagram personality has almost like a million followers because she like doesn't ever talk about bias on either side of political things. She explains everything from like a very factual standpoint and will like take questions from people and answer them in a very factual, like, like government document based way. And so she's like gained this huge following. She is obsessed with Adam Grant. Think again, because he kind of talks about like training your brain to like take things from a factual mm-hmm. basis instead of like putting your own bias into it or like receiving news from like these biased it is places. It is a great book. I'm halfway through. It's a very easy read. I'm just taking forever. So, no, I feel that. I feel um, that. Definitely check it out. Um, what are you reading? I am reading a book called Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. It is a novel. Um, Kristen Hanna is the author who wrote Firefly Lane, which is like the show that's out on Netflix and like The Great Alone and a lot of, she's like a very popular author. This particular book is about, um, this girl who's growing up during um like the dust bowl storms and she is like living on a farm and like dealing with getting she's like the outcast of her family and got pregnant out of wedlock and is trying to like raise a kid in this time where like the u.s is like there's not enough food to feed the people because all these planes were like it was a huge drought and like all these farms just weren't able to like produce crops and like everything is just like devastating so i'm like a third of the way into it but everyone is talking about this book right now literally two book clubs that i'm in are both reading this book at the same time hang on you're in two book clubs yes but they're like not small like in-person book clubs they're like huge online like groups like one's a podcast and the other is like a facebook group okay yeah yeah i was about to say wow you have a busy busy schedule (laughs) honestly i want to start a book club in person like oh, eventually okay we should i'm down okay i love that for us oh and then we could tell people like what we're reading and then they could read along with us oh my gosh fun done <laughs> okay what are you watching these days all right what i'm watching i think i've said this before but a new season came out of f1 it's oh formula one racing formula one racing sounds real dumb not great i had a very strong bias going into it it's great um it's just all these dramas around each team i'm still watching it it's fantastic and it makes me want to drive a formula one car which is highly dangerous because it goes 300 miles an hour everyone loves that show i haven't seen it yet but like everyone is talking about it right now it's worth it. it also everyone says the racers are like so hot yeah, they are, and they're funny. They're just great. They're great humans all around. Love that. I love it. So, yeah, that's what I'm watching. What are you watching? Girl, so since I downloaded the app Letterboxd that I was telling you about on the last episode where you, like, mark which movies you've seen. Oh, like, see yeah. Lists and whatever. I've been on a movie train, which usually my attention span is not long enough to, like, truly dive into a movie, but I've been very into it. So I've been catching up on a lot of the, like, old 
um, like award-winning movies from like 2017, 2018 that I hadn't seen. So I watched like Call Me By Your Name. Oh my God. Is it good? Amazing movie. I mean, but Army. No, I know. I had complicated feelings about watching it. Right. But truly, Timothy Chalamet is the star of the movie anyway. Like everyone loves Army Hammer in that movie or did at least. I'm sorry. Timothy Chalamet is like the star. It's such a good movie. I watched that. I watched The Shape of Water. Super weird, but I liked it. Watched Parasite finally. Oh, that was Parasite really good. is great. Yeah. So there is a another movie by the same director. Oh, I'm Minari. Mm-hmm. I want to see it so bad. Yeah, it's good. That's what everyone thinks is going to like sweep this year's awards. It might. Because it, it won Best Picture at uh, the Oscars. Is that what just happened like a couple weeks ago? Yes. It won Best I Picture at that. And then it's obviously nominated for the Golden Globes. So... I think it could win. Everyone says it's so good. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. I parasite. I did not think was something that was like for me. I have a hard time in general, like reading like subtitles for movies. Like I have a really hard time with that. Right. But I got into it. Like it was good. It was definitely weird, but like, I totally get why everyone loved it so much. And you've got to watch the older one called snow piercer, which is all of these people on a train, but it's, it's very much about like, caste society mm-hmm. and like the different socioeconomic levels and it's it's like a great metaphor but all of these people are stuck on our train so you've got to watch that Ooh, okay that sounds good i've just i've been like watching all the movies but um as far as tv shows i have an embarrassing confession are you watching bravo worse <laughs> and does it get any worse i uh was staying at my sister's this weekend and I needed a good like light show that I could just not pay attention to and like not get that invested in. And then here I went and got invested into temptation Island. No, no, I know it's shameful. I mean, so a lot of people have been telling me it's actually great. No, it's so good. It's like love Island, but like more dramatic because couples go in and so the girls go to one house with a bunch of dudes and the guys go to another house with a bunch of chicks. And then they each have a fire pit at the end of each week and they get a little clip of what their significant other is doing. It is so juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to watch. I Like we have to it's, wrap this up so I can yeah. go home and watch it. No, like highly recommend. It's absolute trash, but it's like so entertaining. So, I, well, my bar is pretty low with Summer House because that is true. complete true. trash. So we'll see yeah no you could definitely handle temptation <laughs> islands then you're like well prepared <laughs> i love it okay then what are you listening to what am i listening to so i listened to the new anderson east track madeline which loved so good it's so good obviously i've been rocking some bieber peaches but really i've just been kind of like exploring old catalogs oh like, like who's like like I was listening to Bob Seger the other night. <laughs> Who are you? I have no idea. I'm sorry. There's a stranger <laughs> in the midst. Who is this person? Uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just felt like listening to Bob Seger. So I mean, sometimes it that. happens. I guess. Yes. <laughs> I'm admitting it now. Um, who are you listening to? Lo, I feel like you're always up on the new music. Like I didn't Girl. know half of the Bonnaroo, like new <laughs> artists lineup. And you well, were like, Oh, you blah, need blah, to blah, listen to blah, those blah, then. Blah. Yeah. Um, I try. So thank you for saying that. I am currently listening to um, a new album from Fancy Haygood. 
Is it good? Because everyone posted about it. It is amazing. Fancy is kind of like a friend of a lot of the artists in Nashville. Like he's very close to Casey Musgraves and Brothers Osborne. Formerly and, managed by Scooter Braun. Yes. Right. Um, and I first heard of him. I think he was managed by Scooter at this point. I'm not sure. He was on. They like played his music video um, for his first single which I think was goodbye or something like that. They played it on like a morning show and that's where I saw it for the first time. And it was mm-hmm. when he hadn't like shown his face. Yeah. They were doing, they were the, doing the who is fancy campaign. Yes. Who is fancy. And it was like just a question mark and like the whole video, they like wouldn't show who the person was that was singing it. That's when I first heard him. And then like eventually kind of found out that he was friends with all these other artists that I like too. Um, but he released a record on, this past Friday, like April 9th or whatever called Southern curiosity. And it is so good. It's like a lot of, um, I mean, he talks a lot about his experience of like being a gay man and kind of like his, Mm. like coming out and just experiences in his life. And there's this one song called either. And it's kind of like, um, his, I'm, I'm assuming this is autobiographical. Like there's no way it can't be. He's talking about this guy that he would hook up with in high school or maybe when they were like younger because they talk about like bleachers at a school or whatever. And then like the end of the chorus is like, he said he wasn't, so I wasn't either. Basically like referring to like, oh, he said he wasn't gay, even though like we were kissing and whatever. Like he said he wasn't, so I, so I wasn't either. Anyway, it's a great album and you guys should check it out. I love Fancy's voice. Smooth. It's like, it's different. There's like a unique quality to it that I really enjoy. So love that. All right. Well, that's all we got for you guys today. Thanks for listening and stay buzzed. Stay freaking buzzed. Drink some peanut butter jelly time. Ugh. I, now that song's going to be stuck in my head. Peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, have a great summer, everyone. Stay cool. Bye. <laughs>